It's February 28th, 2022, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Walmart enters an economic environment that plays to the company's strengths. U.S. Postal Service launches new next-day local shipping service called USPS Connect. Activist investor Daniel Loeb sees $1 trillion of untapped value in Amazon. Macy's not breaking up, but still a lot of hard work ahead. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains five items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, Walmart enters an economic environment that plays to the company's strengths. Last week, Walmart reported Q4 2021 earnings and in doing so showed the world that its strengths should definitely not be underestimated. Here's why. During a time of uncertainty when we're coming out of the pandemic, coupled with high inflation, rising costs, and oh, not to mention a war in Europe, a company with a clear focus on value has a clear advantage over its rivals. This could give Walmart a near-term advantage over Target and Amazon if customers become more price sensitive. Value is Walmart's middle name. Walmart is super interesting to track because if any company represents America, it is Walmart, and that applies to its management's comments about the economy too. The CEO said that from an economy and results point of view, 2022 should start slow and finish more quickly. Something I forgot about was the fact that Q1 was the start of stimulus last year, so we're lapping that as well. Inflation was mentioned as a headwind, but given Walmart's multiple growth levers, including marketplaces, ads, fulfillment, and international, it could be good for them. Given the company's broad international exposure as opposed to its U.S.-based competitors, who else has a better experience managing inflation than Walmart? Here are a few points about Walmart's Q4 2021 earnings results. First, Walmart as a business is becoming more digital, and those segments are growing faster than the traditional retail businesses. Walmart's Connect advertising program, Advertiser Count, grew 130% year-over-year. If I were Instacart, I would start to worry about Walmart's advertising and fulfillment progress. It's going to grow Walmart's grocery business. In news on its marketplace, Walmart plans to end 2022 with an approximately 200 million items in e-commerce assortment, driven largely by its marketplace, which added 20,000 sellers in 2021, with plans to double that number of new sellers in 2022. Walmart continues to leverage its stores as fulfillment centers. Ship from store was up 170% year-over-year year in 2021 on top of 500% growth in 2020. While curbside was not called out, I expect we will hear about that more as we go forward. With regard to Walmart fulfillment services, Sam's Club is now leveraging Go Local. This is super smart on Walmart's part. The more volume Walmart can put through its network that the company has control over, the lower it can get the cost for other companies. The lower the cost for other companies, the more the service will grow. Another crazy stat from Walmart on the call was how big its advertising business already is, $2 billion. It was a little surprising to me that Walmart released this given how early it is in its journey, which also communicates confidence. Bottom line, get ready for a bumpy first half of the year if you take Walmart's word for it, but the company is well positioned to take share from the broader market. Our second story. The Postal Service expands its next-day local shipping service called USPS Connect. Max Garland from Retail Dive brought this to my attention. 
USPS recently introduced a local and regional solution promising same-day or next-day deliveries to your customers in your own community or in the surrounding states. The key to this service is that the USPS is bypassing a regional plant and doing processing instead at the local post offices and handing directly off to other parts of its own network. USPS also rebranded its return solution. These solutions are aimed at micro-businesses all the way up to medium-sized businesses, but I expect that it's more likely that medium-sized businesses are the ones that could be savvy enough to take advantage of the new program. Here is the inescapable truth about logistics. It requires expensive infrastructure. To gain profitability with that infrastructure, you need to run as much volume through it as possible. Who already has mail carriers and trucks on every road in every neighborhood in America? Even more than Amazon? The United States Postal Service. This puts the USPS in a unique position to offer some of the best service in the industry if only it can get out of its own way. USPS has the volume to push through the network, which is key to offering low rates. It doesn't mean this particular service is yet in the position to compete at any level with the major carriers, but there are important skills that the US Postal Service has to offer if they want to deploy them. Obviously, a big if. I also wanted to go back and connect this discussion to our recent coverage of Shopify and its fulfillment offerings. One of the things that have been critical about related to Shopify is that it's failed to clearly articulate its own strategy for fulfillment other than extremely broad messaging. Outside of UPS, there's really no partner more aligned to the customer size of the average Shopify entrepreneur than the U.S. Postal Service. The synergies make too much sense. I understand this current program isn't about providing nationwide service, but being able to put together a customized service for Shopify customers would be in the best interest of both companies. Our third story. Activist investor Daniel Loeb sees roughly $1 trillion of untapped value in Amazon. A recent Wall Street Journal article indicated that Daniel Loeb sees approximately a trillion dollars in untapped value. I'm sure the new CEO Andy Jassy along with Jeff Bezos are happy to hear that, but I'm sure that they think that this number is on the low side. Here are a few points from the article. Loeb places the value of Amazon's retail business at $1 trillion and Amazon Web Services at $1.5 trillion. Just in case you missed what Amazon has accomplished in the last 15 years since the launch of AWS, according to this investor and many observers, Amazon created another entire company worth more than the entire value of the previous company. Amazon is incredibly unique in the world in being able to do this. Of course, one caveat applies here. It's in Daniel Loeb's interest to say that Amazon is worth a lot of money because he owns a large stake in the company. This is essentially him pumping up his own investment position. The investor also thinks it would be prudent for Amazon to spin off AWS to ease regulatory concerns. I think Amazon is loath to do this and would only do so if it felt the timing was advantageous. This is one of those decisions that Amazon would call a one-way door. Just to put it in perspective, if AWS was spun off on its own, it would be only behind Apple, Microsoft, and Google as one of the largest technology companies in the world. Furthermore, Oracle, Adobe, and Salesforce combined are just $600 billion. According to these valuations, AWS would more than double that. Unbelievable. It'll be interesting to see how the broader market responds to this, but in the time being, I expect it to be much ado about nothing because these capabilities are too valuable to Amazon itself to split out. And Amazon, since its exception, has been world-class at managing its investor sentiment. And our last story. Macy's not breaking up, but still a lot of hard work ahead. While Macy's claims to have become a transformed company, a difficult road still lies ahead of it. While I didn't attend the call directly, I wanted to call out a few notes from its presentation and reports. 
It's noticeable that Macy's spent a lot of its presentation focused on the value of Omnichannel and its performance. I believe this was meant to drive a stake through the heart of activists who in the past had claimed that the company should be broken up. I think it should not. In terms of e-commerce, we're also in a different environment than Q1 of last year. In early 2021, we had just lapped the worst stores year on record and the best e-commerce year. That piled on top of decreasing advertising effectiveness for Facebook for many brands, and many have given investors pause. Notably, Jana Partners has recently decreased its ownership percentage of Macy's, which gives you the sense that it may have reconsidered things in this climate. Supply chain, still not completely resorted out, COVID bumpiness, stores resurgent, and a looming Eastern European war, and perhaps concluded that there are easier ways to make money elsewhere. And good on them for making this call. It's a serious common sense, no-brainer, but in an operator's world, common sense is not always common, as we all know. However, that doesn't mean that this road ahead is any easier. Macy's will add a marketplace next year. Okay, fine, but it's not clear where the value from this will come from. Also, in the second half of next year, there's an expansion of Toys R Us stores inside of Macy's, which is a notoriously difficult category that plays directly to Walmart and Target's strengths. Four years ago, this would have been a great idea, but now? It seems like Macy's is banking quite a bit on the second half of the year. CNBC also reports that according to data from M Science, Macy's had 18.6% of department store market share as of January, trailing Kohl's at 21.6% and Nordstrom at 33.6%. Clawing back half a point of share in a year isn't nothing, but taking share from seriously distressed Kohl's is also not necessarily the model of health. I'm still left wondering, if I'm a shopper, why am I going to Macy's first? It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have five items on the menu today. First, Flexport raises $935 million to help global supply chains. Flexport is a monster in the space. The interesting piece here is that Shopify is now on the cap table. Yet another way it's trying to stay ahead of what Amazon is doing in this space with its own global logistics offering. Second, Bring acquires parcel delivery solution Zencraft to meet growing customer demands for a diverse choice of delivery offerings. Bring has been one of the patient investors in last mile delivery solutions and has quite a number of blue chip customers. Zencraft is a multi-carrier integration solution, which is likely going to help Bring expand its tracking solution. The curious thing to me is that Zencraft is a big Salesforce partner. It's hard to tell if this is an incidental part of the value there or it's core to what Bring was looking for due to its customer base. Third. Software provider Convictional raises $40 million in order to help retailers quickly onboard more brands. I recently worked with Convictional on a research report related to retail strategy, so I'm happy to see the company make progress. Congrats, Roger and Chris. Fourth, Minoan Experience aims to create a new retail category called Native Retail with a $5 million raise from Excel. The idea here is that to help you buy products used in short-term rentals around the world by allowing guests to scan QR codes on the products. Think of it almost like using the world's homes as store locations. And finally, European provider ID Logistics to acquire Kane Logistics in the United States. Kane Logistics has a good reputation in the market, according to my close sources. I think the third-party logistics space will continue to consolidate and valuations have come down from last year, which means it's a buyer's market. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our show is produced by Citizen Racecar. 
Alex Brower is the producer and also wrote our theme music. The executive producer is David Hoffman. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.